The blood of Jesus, God's Son, purifies us from all sin. Amen. The word of God we want to consider today is again our gospel reading for this past Sunday, a longer section from John chapter 4, verses 5 to 26, the gospel reading for the second Sunday in the Lenten season. The Apostle John was inspired to write, well, the story of Jesus and that woman at the well in Samaria. John said, So Jesus came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour, about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews did not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his flocks and herds? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is, is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. My dear friends in Christ, in our reading, Jesus talks about giving this Samaritan woman the gift of God and living water. And the gift of God and the living water that he's talking about is, well, salvation, faith, 
forgiveness of sins, everything that's associated with what Jesus has to offer, the spiritual gifts that come with salvation. When Jesus offered her those spiritual gifts, though, she just didn't understand. And when you think about it, this just underscores how essential it is that before preaching the gospel, before offering people these wonderful spiritual gifts, you really kind of have to preach the law first. We can't see a need for the Savior unless through the eyes of Scripture and the eyes of faith we can look at ourselves and see ourselves for who we really are. And that is, as the sinners that we are, the people who would, on our own, apart from God again, deserve God's wrath and punishment. This woman apparently didn't see that or comprehend that, at least at this time. So what Jesus did is Jesus showed her her sins by pointing out her adultery. She had been married five times and she was living with another man. She needed the forgiveness of sins and maybe she did, maybe she didn't realize it. And in a sense, we'd say that she was just like us. We don't need a savior any less than she did. She wasn't a worse sinner than we are. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But on that day, what was happening is that through Jesus' words, the Holy Spirit was working on this woman's heart to show her her sins and show her her need for a savior and the Holy Spirit made her a believing child of God, a forgiven sinner who then also pretty much immediately became a missionary and reached out with the gospel message to the people around her. Following our reading, the Apostle John writes, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony through faith. That woman and those people to whom she talked about the Savior, they were able to look at Jesus and say, we know that Jesus is the Savior of the world. That he's not just the Savior of God's special chosen people, the Jews, the Israelites, but he's the Savior who lived and died and paid for the sins of the world so that whoever believes in him can have eternal life. Through the Holy Spirit's work, this woman believed that Jesus was more important than water from that well. She now knew that she had complete satisfaction in Jesus. Maybe it's interesting to note you know, Jesus met this woman at the well. He asked her for a drink, and the Bible never tells us if, if Jesus or the woman got any water from the well on that particular day. Bible doesn't tell us that, and it almost seems as if you could say that for Jesus, proclaiming the word of God, proclaiming law and gospel to this woman, that that took care of his thirst. And for the woman, 
hearing what Jesus had to say, hearing law and gospel, that that provided for her thirst as well. And now see, this reminds us of what Jesus told the devil when he was tempted by Satan out in the wilderness during those 40 days following Jesus' baptism. You know, Jesus, when he was tempted to turn stones into bread by Satan, Jesus said to Satan, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And see now what Jesus was saying is he answers our every need. He takes care of all of our problems through his word. And may God help us to believe that, that Jesus takes care of our every need. That, and, and we know that what Jesus said is true, that we don't live on bread alone. And when we really live on God's word, then, then we're so blessed, then we can be satisfied. Oh, none of us look like we're really starving for lack of food, but what do our spiritual bodies look like? That's something that we can't exactly see. Are any of us spiritually overweight because we've been well, overindulging ourselves in God's word? We're encouraged always to be diet conscious, to think about the fiber, the vitamins, the what's all in all the foods that we eat. And let's also be concerned about the fiber and the vi vitamins that are in our spiritual diets. And what I mean by that is, oh, for example, are we taking advantage of Oh, maybe, for example, using the daily meditation book that we have available from our synod. Are we, oh, maybe reading the daily prescribed readings that I put in the bulletin every week? Are we watching our YouTube devotions or, or listening to our podcasts? Are we being faithful in worship and Bible study? You know, and I'd also encourage us, you know, we're in the Lenten season, and during the Lenten season, we have our area wells pastors coming here to share the word of God with us. And boy, would I like to encourage everyone to clear your schedules and get on over here. You know, we have pastors traveling here to share the word of God with us. To satisfy us with the word of God. And we'll want to take advantage of that. Spending good quality time with God in his word. That's what satisfies. And spending good time with the Lord in prayer, that can really help us as well. The secret to complete and eternal satisfaction is in Christ and his word. Let's make sure to take our Bibles off the shelf and study them regularly and be fed spiritually and enjoy, well, complete satisfaction in Jesus. We all do want to be satisfied. There was a minister in Virginia who one weekend phoned in to the newspaper, the local newspaper, his Sunday morning sermon title. And apparently that, that 
newspaper would publish the titles of his sermon message and well when asked the title for his message that day he said the Lord is my shepherd the topic for his message the Lord is my shepherd well the religious editor heard that and asked the question is that all and well, trying to make a spiritual point, what the pastor did, he said, is, well, that's enough. And then the next, the next Saturday, he pulled out his paper and he looked at it to see that his title was in the paper and he was maybe a little bit surprised to see that what the religious editor had put there was this, the Lord is my shepherd, that's enough. And now, the editor had made a mistake, but it turned out to be a very, very appropriate mistake, a correct statement anyway. Our problem is that oftentimes we're spiritually too nearsighted in our desire to be satisfied. Real satisfaction is not in earthly things. Complete, eternal satisfaction, that's only in Christ and his word. And that's why we can say the Lord is my shepherd and, and that's enough. That's all I need. Jesus really does guarantee complete, eternal satisfaction joy and greatness forever. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, help us to see that without Jesus, there's no satisfaction. There can be no satisfaction. But we who see our sins and know what we deserve because of our sins can be and are completely satisfied when we have Jesus, our Savior, in his name we pray, amen. In the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you always, amen.